Hello, and welcome to Tabletop Game Talk, On Topic, a show where we talk about tabletop gaming topics of all kinds. I'm one of your hosts, Fletcher. I'm Sydney. And I'm Chris. This week, we're talking about cons. Gen Con, Dragon Con, and TGT Con. How was our one-day trip to Gen Con? What will I be doing at Dragon Con next month? And finally, we'll talk about TGT Con and all the fun to be had in two and a half weeks. But first, as always, a thank you to our Patreon friends of the show, Adam Harrison, Miles Clark, Sahara Wentworth, and the Gift of Gays in Grayzake, Illinois. And a huge thank you to all of our other patrons as well. Uh, you should certainly join us live when we record, because the half hour before we press record is really the most entertaining <laughs> part of the night. What you get it's, when you um, listen to the podcast is just the leftovers. It's, just, it's really, it's just like, yeah, all, all the rest. I make all the mistakes on, beforehand. We, yeah, it's it's just how it is. So if you want to do that, though, tabletopgametalk.com slash live, Mondays, 830 Central Time. And you can just, you know, listen with one ear. That's all you need to do. Dial in, click in, whatever you want to do. Just listen with an ear and be like, huh, yeah, I have not really been missing that much. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Liars. <laughs> oh, also, um, you should join our Discord and our BGA group. We'll talk about that a lot in the latter half of the episode where we're going to talk about TGTCon. And, um, all right, fine. I'm not going to pretend like everything's status quo because Sydney's here and did all of Kitty's parts and we haven't mentioned Kitty at all yet. Um, Sydney was here, obviously, with us last week. This week, she is helping us fill Kitty's shoes again because Kitty decided to go to South Carolina, didn't bring her recording equipment, and decided that she didn't want to record with us. <sighs> she just doesn't like you guys. Yeah. And she's, that was in the text message. It was like, um, hey, I don't like you guys. Also, won't be able to record this week. So, yeah. Um, but no, she'll be back next week, as far as I know. And everything will be back to normal, probably. But, Sydney, thank you so much for joining us Very again. I, I totally I had another choice. I know. I'm like, um, Kitty can't show up. So, let's talk about Gen Con and you're going to be on the show. Okay, okay. And then... I threw DragonCon in there because you're going to DragonCon, and we're not. We are being Fletcher and Kitty and I. Um, so we'll talk about that a little bit. But first, um, Fletcher, how has your weekend been? How you been doing? What's going going on? Um, how was my weekend? I don't remember it at all, and I don't know why. <laughs> so it was a great weekend. <laughs> it was a great weekend. I don't know what Fun I did. Fun times. Uh, I think... All right. I think it was, uh, you know, I just took it easy like I do every weekend just to recuperate from the week because I'm just constantly in a fugue state at work and I leave work and then I don't know what happened. Are you going into the office these days? No, I don't go into the office. I'm just mentally compartmentalizing that part of my brain <laughs> from, <laughs> from the rest <laughs> then, of my life. Yeah. Now, it's been like most areas of the country and the world, I think, um, excessively hot this weekend in the Chicago area. So... Except for today. Yeah, we tried today to was avoid nice and the outdoors. Cool. And rainy. And rainy. Yeah. I don't know. I hadn't gone outside. I went outside this morning, and it was still hot. It was a little bit rainy, so it was like immediately humid, and it was disgusting. So it, maybe it's cooled off since the rain moved out or something. But I wouldn't know, because I live in my basement where we don't have this weather. It's 68 degrees outside where for, I am, so... Yeah, in, oh, instead right. of parks, Zachary's discovered play places at different McDonald's. So we have a <laughs> selection of McDonald's that we go to just to get him into an inside park. Wow. Yeah, we have, yeah, there's about a half a dozen that we've been rotating through, which is really a great deal. You go in, you buy a plate of food and like a tray of food, and then the kids play for an hour and a half. And you're like, great, they're tuckered out. We go home, put them to bed. Life is good. Yeah, life is good. Play places. Who knew? Um, Terrence asked if you went to C2E2. Did I go to C2E2? No, I did not. It was C2E2 and Gen Con were the same weekend this year. That's usually not the case, as far as I know, because I've been to both in the same year before. Um, so I did not go to C2E2. I didn't even consider it for the same reasons as why I'm not going to go to Dragon Con, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, but, I mean, I've been to C2E2 several times. It's in, you know, when we lived in the city, it was in our backyard. So, it was really easy to go to. But it's just, you know, if you're really big into comics, or even moderately big into comics. Uh, or large it's crowds. It's a really, really cool place. Yeah. So, C2E2 is the comic. Oh, help me with this, Terrence. It's, it's C-C-E-E, like 
comic and something expo something or something like that so it's it's really it's like comic-con for chicago hey (laughs) i'm like i I say c2e2 like everyone should know what it is but unless you're in chicago you have no idea what i'm talking about so it's basically the comic-con of chicago chicago comic and entertainment expo thank you wayne um so that is the um what we like and it's huge it's in our well it's not it's not huge it could be huger um, it is relatively small in the convention center it's in. It's like it takes a dealer's one, hall. Yeah. Um, and then there's little seminar things on the sides. But what ends up happening is it's in McCormick Place or McCormick Center, the um, the Chicago Convention Center, where everyone's saying, hey, um, Gen Con should move to Chicago and be in McCormick Center. The problem is you can't because there's like two hotels that service that area. And it is incredibly expensive to have a giant convention in Chicago. So you'll never, ever see Gen Con in Chicago. So anyone who's thinking that Gen Con would be a great place for... Well, uh, there, there's two hotels right? next to next to the, you know, next to that convention center. McCormick, right? You're talking about South? Yeah. McCormick. Yeah. But there's tons of hotels in Chicago in general. There are, but there's not easy access to the center. To be the fair, public transportation to the center is pretty bad. McCormick Center is actually a place that hosts, like, generally hosts lots of conventions. It just doesn't host a lot of conventions in our in our circle. So I, yeah. it, it has ways to exist with conventioning. Yeah, its big thing is like the car show, though, right? Yeah. Yes. Where you don't have people that are coming and staying in hotels for four days straight. You have people that are, you know, going to the show for a day and then leaving so it's just it yeah it's not a great place to hold long conventions so i yeah i don't know like i say look into it if you've ever want to go to mccormick centers it's worth going to because you can go to it and realize that oh i went to 10 percent of it comic-con's in like 10 percent of this convention center and you wouldn't know because it's it's just giant it's huge, it's huge. it's so if you um, see from the lake, you're like, oh, yeah. that's that's a convention center. And it just keeps going and going and going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is massive. So, but that's where our C2E2 is held each year. And I did not go this year. I may go next year. Um, I did go to Gen Con, though, on Thursday. And we're going to talk about that first, I think. So first, Fletcher, why didn't you, like, we we swung by your place to pick you up. And then you never showed up. You weren't on the corner. And so we just kept driving. But why Why were you not with us? Uh, I didn't get an invite. So if you came by my place, I'm sorry I wasn't standing outside. But I didn't, I didn't know you were coming by. We're coming for Carmen. Well, I figured so. if I t- oh. <laughs> I, I guess Carmen didn't let me know then. I figured if I let you know, you might actually show up, and that would have been awkward because all we had was two kid seats in the in the back seat, and you would have to like strap yourself <laughs> in there. It would have been. Do you have uh, do you have those flip up seats in the trunk? I can I can sit in that. <laughs> we can just put you in the trunk. <laughs> they have air holes nowadays. Yeah, yeah, it's totally fine. There's even a release from the inside, so it'll be totally fine. Ah, perfect. Uh, so, but yeah, so we did decided last minute. I uh, mentioned this on last week's podcast ever so briefly, uh, but we decided last minute that, hey, we have these four day badges and there was a few things that we wanted to see at the show. So we're like, why don't we just drive down Wednesday night? We'll come back Thursday night. Uh, the kids can, you know, the grandparents are going to stay at the house. That way the kids will barely notice we're gone and they barely notice, notice. they were go- we were gone. Yeah. On Friday morning, they're like, where's Bubby and Grandpa? And we're like, well, <laughs> we sent them home. Um, why? Yeah. So anyway, our, our kids love us very much and <laughs> notice when we're gone. They really do. We like the other people more. Bring and, them back. <laughs> exactly. They really do. Like, there's a lot. Because when we're with them, we're being parenting. And when everyone else is with them, it's they get to treat like them fun. And, and, yep. Yeah. So we get, we get the short end of the stick. But it's it's great. So, yeah. So, we drove down there. Uh, no real issues on the drive down. We left pretty late. We got there around 12.30 a.m. Uh, so, Wednesday night, Thursday morning. And I found a hotel and, at about 11.30 p.m. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, this is, you know, just to give kind of foreshadow where this story is going. We did not book a room while going to Gen Con. The plan was we would drive into the, to the city, go to the convention center, get our seems like we a already had our idea. badges but you had to get it was a bad idea it was. but you had to get your proof of vaccination so you had to go to this particular room by 2 a.m 
to get your band. Otherwise, you had to do it the next morning really early. And we both had early um, things that we wanted to go to. So we're like, no, we're going to do it Wednesday night. So we were booking on the way in. We were a couple hours away from Indianapolis. I'm like, hey, Cindy, did you book a room? She's like, oh, no. Oops. So she goes on, finds four hotels that are Marriott. So we're Marriott people. And she gets she has a free room to like a free night at Marriott. She goes on, finds four Marriott's, five Marriott's. Uh, two of them, or three of them, like were blackout. You yeah, know, you weren't two, allowed to book it with your free Two of free them night. wouldn't let me use my free night. But the other, yeah, yeah but the other ones you would. could have used points, but you yeah. could have used points. And the other two allowed you to. So we booked a hotel the night before Gen Con for free. Downtown. Two, yeah, two blocks away from the convention center. And we could have booked in the Marriott connected to the center across the street if we were playing with paying with points or cash. Um, this is the night before Gen Con. This is the convention that typically the entire town and 10 mile radius sells out. Um, so that's just kind of give you an idea of how the availability of hotel rooms the night before the con. Yeah. It's, it's a very odd thing to have, especially that many hotel rooms. Like I think every, we could have gone to almost any hotel. Now, most of those prices were going to be crazy high because it's, you know, a high demand weekend, but um, we were able to book there. So anyway, so we booked at this hotel, a extended stay Marriott, and we looked at the price online and your your free room it, it comes with a credit card. So if you're going to get a if you're going to travel and go to hotels and stuff or airlines, get the credit card for the hotel and airline. Yep. It's worth it. It's amazing. Um, because your annual fee of what $69 or something like that paid for a $1000 hotel room. Holy crap. Um, for free. <laughs> yeah. That's what it would have been in cash. But it was amazing. It was like this huge, it had a kitchen, it had like a yeah, bathroom. It was like an extended it's stay. An so it was like a little place. studio apartment. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but yeah, so then we we were there. We we got our wristbands, no problem. We went to stand in line for our tickets because I had books, gotten some tickets for um, Twilight Inscription, which we will talk about in a moment too. Um, and actually, I'm going to write that down because otherwise I will forget. Um so we got everything, and then we're like, okay, well, let's go. We're in Gen Con. It's, you know, we're an hour more awake than everyone else because we just drove in from Chicago. Um, let's see if we can find something that's open. The only place that was open was a very loud metal bar, I want to say. <laughs> it was hopping. <laughs> so we decided to say, eh, nah, I guess we could just go back to the room because we were going to wake up at like Yeah, we're only getting five hours of sleep anyway, so might as well go to sleep. Yeah. So we went to sleep, woke up the next morning, had our free breakfast, um, and then jumped in the car, drove about a half a mile to the closest parking lot to the convention center, and then parked there because that was where we were going to be able to drop off everything then. So now we were like super close, had a car. Um, Yeah. So then you and then as soon as we walked in, we went into the dealer hall. It was like 10 o'clock. So we got to the convention center probably 945. We got to the dealer hall area yeah and i want to say the entering of the dealer's hall was a little disappointing and and not for any other reason than they didn't let the big rush like they normally do happen it was like a a trickle in because they were like diligently making sure everyone had both the badge but also the um vax wristband and so like they only had one of the like of the multiple doors that you could have entered at any one time, they only had like one set of double doors open. And so like by the time we got in, like it was like five minutes after they had even opened the doors because they were just letting people in so slowly. But again, we were standing probably, I don't know, 20 feet from the door at 945, which again is unheard of for Thursday morning at Gen Con. Typically you couldn't get anywhere near that close if you weren't there before like 9 a.m., 8 a.m. So, um, but yeah, so we spent, as soon as we got through the doors, we split off into two, two groups. You went to do the Keyforge thing. I went to pick up Foundations of Rome. <laughs> what is that? And so... 20 pounds of game. 20 pounds? It's literally the Foundations of Rome? Is that what it is? <laughs> it's literally the Foundations of Rome. So let's talk about... Foundations of Rome. We're gonna t- so the the whole idea that we're not gonna walk through every moment of Gen Con just for the sake of walking through it. It's gonna get us to certain points that we want to stop and talk about. And Foundations of Rome is one of them. So I had heard some things about Foundation of Rome. Stephen Bonacore 
loves this game. Um, raving about it. And but in general, you know, people I think this one is probably all over the spectrum and for good reason. But I'm like, okay, they're gonna have the deluxe edition, deluxe Kickstarter edition at Gen Con. And that's gonna be my first thing because I know it's gonna sell out and I'm just gonna go and I'm gonna get that. And then that was a mistake because it's a 21 pound box. You carry it around with you. And now it's the very first thing I had. And I'm just carrying around a 21 pound box. <laughs> By the time we met up, he was he was sweating. It was it was a box. Yeah, it was. Well, and then so I'm like, okay, we need to run this back to the car. But there's like a couple other things I had to do. So the it was the uh, the main reason why I went, and I'm going to show this to the uh, group here, is the Juggernaut um, promo for um, Marvel United, and I am glad we went when we did. Because I thought that they were just handing out this promo with anyone who bought the game. And that is not the case. They were handing out a promo for anyone who demoed a game. Or if you were in the right place, which at the right time, and the right time was 11 a.m., which is, to their credit, they didn't do it at 10 a.m. So if you were in the demo line at 11 a.m., they were walking through and handing out the promo. And then as soon as they handed out the promo, the demo line just evaporated and there was no demo line anymore. (laughs) So... I, I found out about this about 20 minutes before 11. And so I'm like, okay, Sydney, I was going to run this giant game back to the car, but the car is a one-mile round trip. Like, it's that's how big these convention centers are. It's been about a half a mile to walk to the car and, and then to get back. So, I mean, it's you can do that in 25 minutes, no problem, with the game probably a little bit longer. But she's <laughs> like, no, 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 stand in line, get your promo. I will carry this giant box back to the car because I have a work meeting I have to be on at 11 anyway. <laughs> and she had purchased a stuffed animal. She's a keeper. <laughs> <laughs> and wouldn't let me, like, I'm like, all right, I'll hold all the other games. She's like, no, I'll take them all. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm going to take all of it. I'm like, no, you can have the box. I will I, take everything else. She's, I want my- And then she fought, Yeah. So somebody walked by and like at the moment Chris and I were discussing this, somebody complimented the stuffed animal. And I was like, that was fate. I'm taking the stuffed animal. Yeah. So the stuffed animal is Fuzzy Gruen. Um, it's a plushie for Keyforge. And so the plushie for Keyforge rode on top of this 20-pound box as Sydney started carrying it back to the car. I got a text message while I was in line getting my juggernaut promo saying, <laughs> I couldn't find the car. Didn't I'm now it. sitting in the hallway on my phone call. <laughs> I, I camped in a hallway before the the parking lot, but after we left the convention center, because because it was a hallway between the convention center and the hotel, I could have my mask off. And this was a work call, so I, I, people seeing my face, it, was, it wouldn't have really been worth it if I was on it without people seeing my face. So I camped out in a hallway just having my work call with a 20-pound game sitting next to me. So you gave yep. your wife a 21-pound box of stuff and she was carrying a giant plushie so you could pick up a single card no it was 12 <laughs> cards okay sorry 12 <laughs> cards yeah, yeah there's 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 a full sorry, pack you're, here, so you're right 12 12 so cards, you could yeah. get you know yeah i mean an eighth c- of an ounce come on fletcher <laughs> what kind of husband do you think i am <laughs> <laughs> oh that's a pretty good deal but it was yeah um, in retrospect, I probably could have just put the box on the ground and had it sit next to me. Uh, or but, you sat know, you on don't it. know these things in your promo frenzy or sat on the yeah, box. It could have been called the Foundations so, of Chris. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So Foundations of Rome, getting back to the actual game itself. We played it uh, this weekend. We played it with Sydney's parents this weekend. Four players. So this is a giant, giant game. And I, I actually, I bought this without actually knowing anything about the gameplay. I knew it was done by the same guy who did Sentry, uh, Sentry Spice Road, and I really like Sentry Spice Road. So I'm like, okay, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to get this game, and I'll probably like it. And if not, I'll just flip it on eBay. Sure, I will. Um, So I started looking at the How to Play videos, and I'm like, oh, my good golly. Uh, This game is way more complicated than or make way less complicated than I thought. It is boils down to three rules. On your turn, you can buy a plot of land, which is I want to buy B7. Uh you can my get income, which is ex- is yes. exactly it. I mean the board itself is just a grid. Letters on one side, numbers on the other. And like it's literally 
you know, A1 to J10, I think, or something like that, uh, depending on the player count. And so you can buy a plot of land, you can get income, which is five plus the number of extra income you have on the board, and you can build a building. That's it. That's the whole game. We taught it the very first game I played. I played with Sydney's parents. They're both in their 70s. They're not completely foreign to games, but they were, you know, they're not like games. There are I a select say. number of games that we choose to play with them because we think that there's there's a select number of games they'll have fun playing and something they understand yeah. is in that group. Yeah. So, and they saw this game being un- unpacked when we got home and they were like in awe of all the the buildings. So it's the buildings that take up so much space, right? Every single building is like this 3D, you know, they're gorgeous buildings, but um, and every player gets their own set of them. Yeah. So we we taught them the game. We played it. It was a competitive game. Um, I beat Sydney's mom by two points, <laughs> and, and Sydney's dad pulled off this last minute move that threw Sydney into last place. I think. Hey, I'm put no. I'm putting this out there. Had you not given my mom her last move and my dad his last move, <laughs> I would have beat you. I was just helping them with the rules. <laughs> <laughs> but moral of the story is I really, really, really do like this game a lot. It could have been done with, you know, polyomino tiles just as easily. It would have been a tenth of the price to produce. It wouldn't have the table presence. I probably would still like it because I like the gameplay. And there's a ton of options to make it more gamery. We played the base game with them, but there's like five or six different modules you can mix in to make it um, a lot more uh, gamery. I really enjoyed it. I do not regret buying it. It was... I'm glad too because I would I would hate it if we played it and Sydney hated it and and after carrying it like a half a mile down the road. <laughs> I loved it. It was a lot of fun. I would definitely play it again, especially with some of the expansions. I'm really looking forward to diversifying the kinds of things we can do in the game because the first playthrough, like once you learn how to play, it is in fact so easy that spicing it up is a, a good next step. Yeah. It's a very tactical game though. It is it is it is really good. It, it seems very simple, and it is, but there is a lot to think about because you're building score based on adjacency to other things and things like that. So it's kind of a tiling game as far as like how you score points, but at the same time, it doesn't feel like a tiling game because you're building literal buildings. So it has a table presence. Um, but you played Keyforge, Kitty, or Kitty uh, Sydney. <laughs> <laughs> How was your Keyforge experience? So I first want to say, like, the first thing I did when I got to the dealer's hall was I ran to the Ghost Galaxy booth, and I was just so excited to be there. And what was craziest to me is the fact that, like, I show up there, and there are other people who also decided to make it their first stop, and I'm looking around, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I recognize you from past Vault Tours or or you from past Primes. And there was, like, an actual – the community, like – exists again it was it was just so crazy to see these faces but um the new faces were ended up being the people at the booth so ghost galaxy at least the employees that were there in the morning they were so eager and excited to talk about the game and everything about the uh the way that they are introducing the game back into the world was really exciting to me and is this chris is this where i go off on on the new keyforge stuff <laughs> sure <laughs> <laughs> so Keyforge is crowdfunding their next set, which was the most exciting thing that I learned at the convention. And the fact that they're crowdfunding it brings up a, a lot of a lot of excitement, but a lot of questions and how is it going to work and why are they doing it and what does it mean for retailers? So there was a lot of interesting information that was being passed out at the time, but they introduced that crowdfunding campaign at Gen Con and it'll it'll launch in September. So that was, that was a cool thing. And uh, I actually, the, the fuzzy Gruen that they had available there wasn't available outside of vault tours before that point. So the fact that they had it on sale, like it sold out in the first like 15 minutes, they didn't even know the demand that they had for them. And then lastly, they also had the, um, the two co-op card games that FFG had released as a print and play. They had actually created the physical copies of it. And so now we own two copies of the uh, co-op games because we were, we, they were selling them at the ghost galaxy booth, but everyone there was so nice. And I was really excited for them to be there. Yeah. So some details on the crowdfunding campaign, cause we will be, you know, going as all in as you can on a unique deck game. Um, it is going to be on GameFound. It's starting in September. They don't have an actual date, which is a little concerning. Typically, that close, you want a a, a real date. But I suspect that it will 
you know, kick off in September. Uh, if you want a fuzzy Gruen, there's a pretty good chance that there'll be like bonuses or levels and stuff that you can start, you know, get some plushies or whatever. Um, there will not be a retail pledge. And I found this interesting. So we ended up going back later in the day and talking to Christian Peterson himself about the game. And when he bought Key Forge from Asmodee, part of that agreement was that Asmodee was the um, the exclusive distributor for the game. So he can't exclusive retail distributor. So he can't go and sell to stores directly. So that's why there's not going to be a retail pledge. And he has to go through Asmodee in that case. But he can do, you know, business to consumers. So B2C versus B2B. Um, so he can sell to consumers. And that is how he's going to essentially fund this first one. Now, their hope is they don't have to do this again. Uh, we don't expect they don't expect to have to go back and, you know, re- kickstart every expansion but what they had to do and i think this is a really really smart decision honestly because what they're doing here is saying okay what is the demand for this game what is you know it's been dead for two years um the pandemic was you know not really that great to it at the beginning anyway where can we go and find out you know if people really want to play this game because you have a lot of you know you have vocal people that are saying yes i can't wait for this game to come back but that doesn't mean anything you have a customer if base. People aren't going to put with their money where their mouth is, right? Um, so as of this moment, and this was announced on Thursday, was when it was announced, the and I think fourth. I saw an article, like yeah. Um, but right now they have five thousand people following it. My gut tells me they need at least ten thousand unique backers on this game to make it successful. And I would like to see 20,000. The following numbers don't always convert to backers. And usually the following numbers are smaller than the total number of backers. Once the campaign hits, the project page itself is just almost a placeholder. There's a couple bits of information, but there's not a lot of anything on here. So if you're interested in Keyforge, go to GameFound, back it. If you do, and you back it, um, if you, or follow it, if you go to GameFound and you follow it, and then you end up backing it, you do get a free deck. So, that's the following bonus. So you can check that out too. Um, yeah. And then I did get into a conversation uh, for those who long, long time listeners know that I really hate the Keyforge going to time rules. So I talked to Christian about those and he seemed very open to my um, ideas. That's something so, that really excited you- me. The fact that like he was very interested in learning what you had to say as someone who really was interested in the game and had a great idea on how to make it better, the fact that he was so open to the idea of changing something that frustrates so many players really gives me hope. Yeah. I just, I really think that having Keyforge in the hands of a smaller company is going to benefit a lot because this is their, it's not their only game. He actually, um, actually, it might be their only game. I'll have to double check because there was another, I think it was actually this the other head of studio for FFG that went off and started his own um, card game, if I'm remembering correctly. But um, this is like his game, his, um, (laughs) this, yes, so Joshua distracted me. You mean it wasn't like the makers of Car Wars? Correct. It wasn't like the makers of Car Wars. He was actually very open and, you know, like to talk to the people that had ideas and suggestions. Um, So anyway, having this game in a small company's hands, I think is really going to make it shine. Yes, I'm thinking of Earthborn Rangers or something like that. Uh, But it was a different guy. It wasn't Christian Peterson. So Christian Peterson, really, he just decided to buy the Game Center, which is the big storefront that FFG used to have. And he has a deal with FFG to print, professionally print all their print and play stuff. So that's what he's been up to. And now he's like, okay, and now let me do Keyforge. One of the things so. that I found interesting that I learned during our conversation with him is that he wants his company, Ghost Galaxy, to like be into the procedurally generated games. Like he was really into the the tech behind it. He talked about like they hired the guys that wrote the the code for Keyforge and and all that jazz. But like he really yeah. wants that kind of game to be the future. Yeah, I'm not sure how smart that decision was, but <laughs> I guess you want to have some people who know what's going on. Um, so anyway, so yeah, so that was Keyforge. The other thing we wanted to check out was Soulforge. And um, the the thing that struck me about Soulforge was it is being published by Stoneblade Entertainment. 
they're the ones who do Ascension and um, a bunch of other card games, but Ascension's their biggest one. But when you go to their their booth, there was nothing about Soulforge at that booth. On the other side of the convention center, or the dealer's hall, was a Soulforge booth that also said, you know, Stoneblade Entertainment, but it was just Keef, or just Soulforge. So somehow they split these two things apart, and they're, like, in the Discord, their Discord server is only active in the, in the Soulforge um, channels, but all the other game channels are there. They're just not nearly as active. So it's very interesting how that marketing is going, because I would have thought they would want to push Soulforge um Soulforge next to all of the other very known titles and they just didn't. So I found that odd. Maybe they wanted to be its own thing. Um maybe. Now I will say this and I won't mention too much more about Soulforge because we're running a little long anyway. Uh is the card quality of the retail version of Soulforge. I mentioned it last week that they'd mentioned it would be quite better. I can confirm the card quality is infinitely better. <laughs> I spoke with someone at the booth. Yeah, it is. It's crazy. I spoke with someone at the booth and they're like, yeah, unfortunately, the original publisher we had was did, just didn't have enough paper to meet the demand that so we had. So they cut all their paper in And half. I'm like, exactly, basically. Um, and I'm like, I don't think that was unfortunate. Like, the original print quality was terrible and i told the guy like and i think this was someone because he feel, felt he i think he took was a little taken back when i'm like no the kickstarter color quality is terrible like this is not controversial this is just it's terrible and and he's like yeah well our new, the new and i'm like the new stuff it looks great and he's like yeah our new publisher or our new um printer is like one of the t- best in the industry and i'm like well you did a great job there um the iconography is still yeah but the cards, I won't complain about the quality of the cards for the retail version of it. So rest assured, just that number on it the looks like right. they're doing something. Yeah, <laughs> for that number at the bottom right. <sighs> now I, But now I use it. I look at the bottom right number and like the smaller it is, the more excited I get about the stupid card. <sighs> These people get That's you That's how no they get what. you. Yep. So there was one other event that Fletcher, I think you would have been super interested in and something that I was super interested in. And this is the only ticketed event that I went to. Um, Sydney plays some Keyforge uh, uh, ticketed events. But after the dealer hall closed, we had tickets to play Twilight Inscription. And this is the roll and write based on Twilight Imperium 4th Edition. Mm. And it is meaty. Like, it is... So Hadrian's Wall had two sheets. And Twilight Inscription is like, uh-uh-uh. H- hold our beer. You can... <laughs> um, we're going to do four do sheets. Do you even excel, So Four sheets, double-sided. <laughs> and different decks. There was there was a lot to it. Yeah. So, yeah. So, you, had, you have... If you like Twilight Imperium, then you're going to like Twilight Inscription, probably. Hope you have a co- current it's copy of Microsoft Office. <laughs> <laughs> so, Twilight Inscription is a flip and write. And as you flip things up, everyone's going to, there's an event that's going to happen. And basically the event says you have these resources. Um, you pick one of your four sheets and that's the active sheet. You spend those resources on that sheet and then you roll dice and you must spend uh, the resources on the same sheet you picked. So, and everyone's playing from the same pool of dice. However, you roll six dice, three of them everyone can use. The other three depend on what you have unlocked on different sheets. So you can see what other people might potentially be able to use, but you may not be able to use it yourself. Um, There's combat. So you're going to be fighting with the people on the left and right of you. There's voting. So at certain points, um, the entire table will spend votes to decide on whether or not one thing or another happens. And at the end of the game. There's more interaction in this roll and write than any other roll and write I've ever played. Yeah, there's and there's oh, yes, because there's also objective cards, and the first person to meet the objective gets more points than the second person to meet the objective or the, the rest of the people. Um, that's sort of uh, pulled from something like uh, Welcome to that has those objective cards that do the same thing there. Uh, but yeah, it is. It looks heavy. It looks like it's really hard to learn. But once you understand the basic premise of okay, these are resources. These are where I can spend them. Uh, it, it really all comes together quite well and. We, I think we all really enjoyed it. It was a very fun game. I absolutely loved it. And I can't tell because coming from the position of having played Twilight Imperium, I can't tell if how quickly we picked it up had anything to do with the fact that we've already played Twilight Imperium. But it really does have the flavor of the full game without the full game. Yeah. So 
Um, so yeah, so that was Gen Con. We drove back that night and made it alive. <laughs> made it alive. Everything we wanted to do. And got all the stuff we wanted to buy. Our kids survived, so <laughs> we were good. Yep. Um, so let's briefly talk about Dragon Con and what Sydney's going to be doing there and why I'm not going to be there. And then we'll talk about TGT Con. Um, but I do also, yeah, well, yeah, let's talk about Dragon Con first. Um, Sydney, why are you going to Dragon Con? And what is Dragon Con? Do you know what Dragon Con is? I, I know it's a really big convention. <laughs> <laughs> So basically, all I know is that I am going to support friends of mine who well, actually, so Jen, uh, um, supporter of the show, she is ha- she has a booth there and they needed someone to, to man the booth. So I am going to help them man the booth. And what they sell is what Jen's company sells is uh, glue guns and the related glue. And they have a specific cosplay glue. And all I know about Dragon Con is that there is cosplay there 100% of the time. So that is their target audience for this glue. So they have a booth there. And her and her coworker are actually going to be cosplaying at the convention as cosplay nurses. Because they are going to go around with their glue gun, able to fix any broken costume at any point during the convention. So their whole goal is to, like, they're actually cosplaying while selling their glue but i'm gonna be the one at the booth like manning the booth being the information person standing there showing the product off whatever um but they get to do the fun stuff but i'm just excited to be there i've heard of people doing i mean not a product of this but like they're cosplaying like a doctor and they have like a whole doctor's kit so like if somebody's costume does like break, a sewing kit yeah they have like yeah. hot glue sewing kit like a bunch of different things that to, to like a quick fix for a costume or whatever. Uh, it's pretty interesting. So some questions in chat. Um, first one, is, does that mean Sydney's going to be cosplaying? Uh, Jen hopes so. <laughs> <laughs> You'll probably, she's, you're going to wear a t-shirt at the booth. Yes, exactly. Gonna exactly. Do. I'm going to be wearing a branded t-shirt at the booth. So that's my costume. Yeah. Um, let's see. Joshua asked earlier, when will the kids start joining the conventions? ASAP. Um, yeah, so we brought Zachary around when he was too young to actually know he was there. So pre-six months, uh, this was pre-pandemic. So he would just put him in a stroller and he was fine, just passed out sleeping. The age they're at right now is the most complicated age to have them any place. So that's just not going to happen. But I figure when Becca, our youngest, when she's probably four, would be the time where we'd have like, you know, four and five or you know, four and six, that age range, they can start kind of doing things in kids programming and stuff like that. Right. There are conventions that have really, really robust kids programming. There are even some conventions outside of the gaming world that have uh, babysitting or places that you can bring your kids. Like one of the things that we've talked about and haven't done as of yet is uh, if we were to ever go to Dice Tower Cruise, the actual cruise line itself has kids programming slash actual babysitting for the younger kids. So it's something that if we could get the the logistics correct, we would bring them and then have Royal Caribbean's babysitting as a backup for our kids during the convention. Yeah. And Sydney actually talked to Tom who then said, hey, you should go talk to Jason, um, Tom Vassell, Dice Tower Cruise, Dice Tower, um, Jason Levine, who basically manages all of that. So they had some families on there last year. And so we're going to talk to Jason and see, because uh, if we were going to bring him to a convention, I think a cruise would be the type of convention I'd want to bring him on, because it's already so much stuff to do for little kids. So um, so that's the answer there. Uh, Wayne commented... A two-hour roll and write, yeah, pass. Wayne, no. <laughs> this is this may seem like a roll and write, and it may be like it is a flip and write, but it is it is a Euro game with combat. Like it's it's weighty. It's worth having on the table. Now, yes, granted, instead of moving little resource bits on a piece of paper, you know, you're moving, you know, dry erase, but it's it's essentially this could be its own Euro game by itself like that's what twilight inscription reminds me of is a euro game in dry erase i'm gonna go out on a limb and say it's it's as roll and righty to me as something like like azul is because like i know azul isn't a roll and right but it's literally you get resources every round and you deal with them and sometimes those resources mess with the people sitting next to you yeah it's definitely deeper than azul but as i would never have gone to azul 
but I guess I can see what you mean. It's like, yeah, you're going to get this random thing. You may be, you know, you're, you're trying to mess with the people on your left and right. There's no blocking. That's the one difference between this and like a worker placement is you're not blocking anyone, but you can attack people, um, which doesn't tear them down. They get a, if you win uh, combat with your opponent on the left and right, you get a bonus and they get a negative point. So it's not like detrimental. It doesn't like destroy their game, but um, it gives you a lot of options, and I like it. So, uh, just saying, if you get a chance, don't I don't tell you don't buy it, but if you get a chance to play it, don't rule it out just because it's a roll and write. We have a friend who's like, oh, it's a roll and write. That's just multiplayer solo solitaire. I'm like, not all of them. Um, this one is probably the most interactive of all of them. So, I'm uh, just saying. And then let's now transition to TGTCon because this is a convention that we're going to have our kids at because <laughs> they were going to be in the house. Um, so if you don't know, there is going to be a TGTCon. That's us. We're going it, to, it's online and it's in two and a half weeks. So if you haven't registered already, you should, there's a link in the show notes. It is Saturday, August 27th from 11 to 11 central time and August 28th from 11 to 6 central time. The times are really just when I will have organized events. Uh, all of the, most of the tables, actually I'll say all of the tables, um, will be tables in our discord. We're going to run this on discord and board game arena. Um, the tables in our discord will have voice chat. So you will be at a real time table in discord with voice chat um you don't have to join the voice chat if you don't want to you just have to be there real time so um if you join the voice chat it'll probably be more fun but you can play just play in real time the whole point of this is so that we can play a lot of games have a weekend where we just get together play real time games because there's a lot of us that have been playing turn-based and i there's a there's a number of games that just don't work well played turn-based so we're going to have a lot of those, a lot of the, you know, heavier stuff that we're going to be able to play for, you know, two hours on BGA, talking to people, hanging out. You can do, um, I don't know if you can do video or not, but you there, like there's video and audio chat in BGA as well, if you want to do it that way. So it's just kind of hanging out with other listeners and stuff. Um, it's going to be relatively small, probably 50 to 100 people. And for that reason, I'm going to have, I'm just going to be kind of manually, um, doing the schedule. So if you want to run an event, let me know and I will put it on our schedule. If you want to play an event, go to the discord. Um, there'll be a link and there'll be a channel specifically for event um, sign up and I will sign people up. You do not have to play in the table that you want to host. So say I want to teach uh, great Western trail. I, I may teach Great Western Trail to eight people and then have two tables of four playing the game. Uh, we're going to do this by using the tournament system on Board Game Arena, where you can start a tournament and anyone can join that tournament, but you don't have to actually play in your own tournament. So every table will be essentially a one-table tournament. And that allows us to have a designated start time. Um, there's a duration, you know... I don't think it kicks you out if you can go over if you go over or whatever, but we know essentially how long things are going to take. Um, but yeah, so we will have start times. You'll like you'll get a link saying, "Hey, this tournament was just started. Join here," and you'll click in, and that's kind of like, "Yes, I'm claiming my seat," and that's all there is to it. And then we're just going to be playing games all day long. Um, Fletcher has promised to play every hardcore <laughs> game anyone wants to play all at once. All of them. Yep. Um, so there will be that. Uh, there will probably be, you know, just depending on, on timing and stuff, we are going to have um, probably a seminar at 11 on Saturday for the BGA question and answers. Um, I'll probably, you know, reach out to some of our more frequent BGAers who can be a part of that too. And you just ask any questions like, hey, how can I do this? Or why doesn't it work like that? Or whatever. And we'll try to answer your questions as best we can. There is a intro to Board Game Arena on my new YouTube channel, um, How to Be GA. That's the only video on there right now, but watch it, subscribe. There's a link in the show notes. And there'll be more of those. I'll be doing how to play videos, um, mostly how to play videos of different games, like short how to play videos. So those will start coming out uh, this week and next week. And so, yeah, so that's what's going on for TGTCon. Sydney, are you excited? I am super excited. And just throwing it out there that uh, our kids may in fact make cameos on whatever 
Zoom or Discord panel video, whatever <laughs> they they might be in the background, so you can you can see who we uh, talk about all the time. Yep, and the grandparents will be over too to help you know make sure they're not always with us. But um, did you choose a logo? But Fletcher, um, oh, I did. So I do <sighs> have um, a badge. So it's it's I think it's it's a simple logo. It's elegant. It's what I'm going to use. Um, <laughs> it's a simple logo. It's elegant. It's what I'm going to use. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so yeah, so I will have that. There's a couple different t-shirt places I was looking at. They're all so expensive though to just get a one-off t-shirt. Um, depending on how many people sign up, maybe I'll do a batch order, or maybe actually I, there are. Ooh, Can't you just do I like do the that. print on demand? Set up, like, even though it's more expensive. They have a print on demand, but there's also one where you can have people sign up. Like it's kind of like, um, you know, league t-shirts or whatever, where it's like, here's the link. As many people as want can buy these t-shirts and then you get a discount, uh, depending on how many people sign up. Mm. Um, Sydney, we did that for the Keyforge t-shirts for Gift of Games, where we sent out links to buy the t-shirts and everyone had to pay for their own t-shirt, but it was all like one group order. Yes. I remember that. If it's like, if it's, it worked out well. If it's tw- 25 people or less, you get this price. If it's between 25 and 50 people, you get this price kind of a thing. Exactly. Yep. So, and it gives people the flexibility to say, okay, I'm part of this group order, but um, I'm paying for it here. So I will have that up by the next show, um, which may or may not allow us to get the t shirts before <laughs> the thing <laughs> probably won't. But it's really just, you know, it's, it's a takeaway price. It's commemorative. Um, it's commemorative, exactly. But I'm I'm super looking forward to it. It's gonna be fun. I'm probably gonna host. Only, you know, I'm probably gonna host a game or two. I'm gonna stick to stick to things I know and that Chris uh, berates me for loving, like uh, Feast for Odin or uh, what are some of the other ones? Um, the oh the the Black Sun game or whatever. Beyond the Sun. Beyond the Sun, and um, I guess you you can host, but I will also probably host Great Western Trail. I don't know. We'll see. She likes she likes the the big stuff, which is why I like her. Um, Terrence actually had a great suggestion. Uh, yeah, we'll start the orders next week, but we won't close them until after the con. So that basically gives you all that time to you know get a t shirt, and then after the con, you'll you'll have a one of a kind t shirt for a con that existed in virtual world only. And if it goes well, we will do this again. I think it'd be kind of fun to just have like real-time gaming weekends. Even if I call it a TGT con, it's really just kind of a real-time gaming weekend. Um, Terrence asked about a homeworld seminar. 100%, we will have a homeworld tournament. It'll be probably a filler tournament. So you can take your turns between other games. It won't be real-time, but we'll want to get the games done as quickly as possible. It's just if you're playing, you know, one game, then if you're playing, actually, it's the thing is with real time games, a lot of times you have some downtime. So you want to have those turn based games that you can kind of take on the side. I do this all the time when I'm playing with Sydney and Jen, because they take a long time to take their turns. You, that's the thing, Chris, though, that you can do that because you're playing with us. We can't do that because we're playing oh. with you. <laughs> I'm not saying everybody can and will want to do this. I'm saying if you want to have a game that's running on the side that's more turn-based that you can take between in the downtime, you can do that. Also, there are some games that are just recommended real-time. I know Getty was getting a Saboteur game together um, earlier this week, and I think that did kick off with like eight people or 12 people, a lot of people. Um, But I think that game will run better in real-time too, so we could do... Those types of things. And Jen has agreed to run Blood on the Clock Tower, which is a social deduction game that runs really well online. There's a number of different ways of running it online. Usually so using Zoom a- and different rooms inside. Like you can have your own room inside Zoom for part of the game. And yeah. Yeah. So it won't be on Board Game Arena, um, but there'll be a link to, um, you know, if you're part of that game, you'll have a link to join a special Zoom session for it. Um, again, all of this will be ready to be signed up probably this week. So you can start, if you're on Discord and you need to be on Discord to be part of the con, just go to the channel that is, you know, uh, TGT events and start 
uh, you know, asking about different events, I'm going to put a list up. There'll be a Google Sheet pinned at the top of that thread where you can uh, see all the different events, who's playing in those events, and we will add them as demand says. You, If you want to play games every single hour of those days, you will be able to do so. We'll make sure that there's events out there, but it's going to be kind of a as demand dictates. So, yeah, that that's where we're at right now with TGT. How many people have signed mm-hmm. up? Approximately. Um, right now we have a little, almost 30 people signed up and then a bunch of other people are like, I want to go, but I'm not sure. Mm. So that's why I say, and that's not counting us and our friends. So nobody, like there's probably another 10 people that I know personally that are going to be there um, that haven't registered. (laughs) Exactly. Like you, Kitty, me, Sydney, Jen. Um, so there's, there's a group of people that haven't signed up either. So like I said, I will probably get up to about 50 or so, which is a good group when you're talking about, you know, four-player games and, you know, for an hour or two at a time, you will get to play games with a lot of different people. Now, there are approximately, so says my stats thing, um, a bit over a thousand of you that listen to us. So right now, there are 990, (laughs) no, 950 of you, give or take, that have not thought about joining us. Um, What's wrong with you? Like, seriously, what's wrong with you? Yeah, that's good. Do greater our listeners. What's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> what's wrong with you? Sign yeah. up and tell us. What's, sign up, <laughs> tell us. Um, but I get sometimes you're afraid of Discord. I'm not necessarily afraid of Discord, but Discord is just another communication medium and it's kind of annoying. Um, Board Game Arena is another site that you have to create an account. They with, could be afraid of you, of Chris. Could be me. I'm. I'm a I'm a problem child. You don't have to play games um, with Chris if you don't want to. Yeah, you don't have to. You can to. play games with Joshua. Me asked what's the limit of and, and win. <laughs> yes, and and Kitty's easy to beat too. Sometimes, so unless it's home it's worlds, no problem. You're gonna hear <laughs> it if she listens to this episode. <laughs> oh, she'll never listen. She'll probably listen. <laughs> no, she's um. But yeah, no, we're gonna have fun, and we're not gonna we're gonna try to like spread out where we're playing as well, and. There will be at least one grudge match game going on, though. So, like a somewhere in the schedule, Kitty Fletcher and I—I don't know if it'll be Azul because we've done enough grudge match Azuls. I'm pretty sure I am the king of Azul at this point. No, but <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> fine. Maybe it's Azul. I don't know. But um, we tied. We tied yes. last time, and you won on technicality, even though we had the same amount of points technicality you mean the rules we had the same number of points yes but then the there was a rule for who wins if you have the same number of points and the rule is chris i'm just saying you didn't beat me on points (laughs) that's fair um let's see oh headhunter tournament who can find and beat all three hosts Hmm. so if you are if you play against us and you win against each of us oh yeah all right if that happens, if someone is able to play games against all three of us and wins against all three of us, that something See, will happen. Gonna, Does it count if they score higher than you guys, or do they have to win the game they're playing? I think they just have to beat us. BGA has to, yeah, BGA says you are ranked higher than the, than all three of the hosts at some point. In See, the I think game. the hard ones are going to be me and um, Chris, because Chris is just hard to beat, and but I probably won't be in as many games as Chris or Sydney, so... <laughs> You're clearing your schedule. You're going to be in a bunch of games. I'm going to be games. in a bunch of games, but I don't think I'm going to be in as many as you guys. Well, the thing is, you might be in less ga- or more games because if you play the, the shorter ones and we're playing the longer ones, there's more opportunity to play against you then. That's true. We'll see. So, um, And also, finally, if you're a holdout and you're like, I don't know, remember, there are three gift certificate door prizes that are going to be given out, two of them on Saturday, one of them on Sunday. If you play in three hours worth of games on Saturday, you will be eligible for a $100 gift card. I will be drawing two winners for that. And on Sunday, if you are in two hours of games, I will be drawing one $100 winner. You cannot win twice, um, but that's basically the only rule is you can't win twice. And I do that because I want people to have an incentive to create a Discord account and play games with me. He wants, hey, I'm Chris just wants more people to beat. I, I that's all I'm looking for. Fresh meat is I want more people to beat. <laughs> um, Joshua asks, "Can I teach as a spectator?" Um, 
Yes, sort of. So you really can't teach as a player even because the problem is um, the game is live when you're when you're playing. So if you're going to teach the game, um, when you're on Discord, it's actually probably easier to do as a spectator because I think you can actually view from uh, different people then. But when you're on Discord, you're just essentially going to walk through the game and, and kind of teach the rules as you go. The nice thing about BGA versus teaching games anyplace else is BGA is not going to let anyone break the rules. All you're teaching is what you can do and why you might want to do it. Not, you know, oh, this is this fiddly piece that you need to maintain or that or whatever. So asking, answering questions in real time is like, hey, if I move my worker here, do I get to do this or this, right? And then a lot of the games, you can just say, well, go ahead and try because there's an undo button. And then you can see what you can do and then you can undo it if you want to undo it. Um so yes, you can teach as a spectator. You're just going to be, you know, kind of talking through the screens. And uh, an you can also share your screen. An important part of teaching the game is telling people when they have confirmed buttons and they don't have confirmed buttons. <laughs> yeah, always look across the top. Um, in the Discord, you can do a screen share. So anybody can do a screen share. So if you're the spectator, you can kind of share your screen and say, okay, here's you know what you need to look at and pay attention to and um, what other people can play. Now, also, some games allow spectators to see from the point of the person they're playing from. I'm not a spectator a whole lot of time, but I have noticed that sometimes I can see information that other players shouldn't be able to see. So be careful there. Uh, some people are more competitive than others, where it's like, oh, you're revealing my hidden information on a screen share or something like that. Um, most people, especially at the start of a game, it shouldn't be a big deal, especially if it's a learning game. But just be aware that that can happen if you're a spectator. You might be able to see things you wouldn't normally be able to see as a player. All right. Um, next convention we're going to, since we are talking about conventions, is probably going to be Game Holcon. That's in Madison. And that's near the end of the year, I think, I want to say late October, early November. Um, I don't know the exact dates yet, but if you're in the Wisconsin area or you really are into role-playing games and want to travel, Game Holcon's the role-playing convention to go to. So many special guests. It's super fun. Um, and it is super fun. Fletcher, are you going to go to that convention with me? When is it? Um, late October. The last time you told me it was like a birthday or something, or you had plans, or I Well, don't know. late October is my birthday, so... Birthday party at the convention. <laughs> there you go. Where is it? Um, it's in Madison. Maybe. So it's, it's yeah, it's an easy drive. Um, hold on. I will October 20th through 23rd in the Alliant Energy Center in Madison, Wisconsin. Uh, that could work. My birthday's not till the 30th. Put it on your calendar now. It's a big role-playing convention. Like, it's a, it's, they do role-playing is the first thing they do. And then there's also board games there. So if you want to get into some, you know, an endless number of D and D games. It's <laughs> also, number. Spencer played his favorite role playing game ever at Game Holcon. Yeah, that was where we his played. Um, is a multi table Call of Cthulhu game that is really really good. Okay, so I'm intrigued. And Kitty and Spencer have to go now because they live in Wisconsin. That's right. Two facts. So they literally have no excuse. Soul crash it, crash it. All right. Place. <laughs> The more we, so we're at, this is episode 297. And the more I record and do these episodes, the more I realize that I'm more or less doing them just to hang out with you guys, as opposed to um, doing them for the listeners. So for the listeners, <laughs> I do apologize if what we talk about is exceedingly boring, but um, exceedingly, yeah, exceedingly boring. <laughs> um, That's not a word. It is now. But <laughs> we keep it real. And. This week was conventions because there's a lot to think about with the conventions. Next week is our 298th episode. It means nothing. I just want to point that out that we're three episodes away from 300. And that is a lot of episodes. A lot of episodes. You guys have anything else? Uh, Cons nope. are back. Cons are back. Um, actually, I do have one other thing to talk about Gen Con. I, I was going to put it at the top. Um, I, I actually just kind of skipped this because they had put out their their numbers came out and um, the Gen Cons, their official numbers are over 50,000 uh, participants. Wow. Now, well, we've heard from a number of people and I've, you know, just looking, I don't think they were anywhere close to that number. I think they were Warm probably 40,000. 
Yeah. Well, I just think they were probably closer to 40,000. There were a number of booths that never showed up. Um, so people who had bought booths and didn't come to the con. There were a bunch of games, Sydney, you were telling me, that there were a bunch of games that people had ticketed events and nobody showed up That's, to those events. That was a big issue people were complaining about is that like events sold out so other people couldn't get in them that people didn't show up to so they didn't fire. Yeah. So so I think that – and my experience for the crowd that was on Thursday, it was a very thin crowd. Um, the fact that you could still get hotel rooms during the event was also very um, unusual. So, so thin is also relative. Say, there were there, – it wasn't empty. Like it, it wasn't – No, 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 no. I'm not saying it was. I'm not – I mean, I actually really liked that level because you could go wherever you wanted. You weren't, you know, brushing against anybody. Um, I just don't think that we are back up to normal numbers. Now, there's a number of things that you could, you know, credit that to. It's like the health restrictions were probably excessive. Um, Vax requirement, vax verification, masks everywhere. Like most people, as soon as they crossed a threshold where you weren't required a mask, were, their masks were off, right? So like people were following the rules in the con area, but nobody really wanted that rule in place. And I know for myself, that's a big reason why I didn't want to go. Um, why I didn't go for four days. Like just being on the floor for two hours, your mask just gets like soggy and it gets hard to breathe. So also having played I, a game with people I didn't know, like while I was playing Keyforge, actually having to like listen to them, it was it was easier for me to read the cards they were putting down than listen to them talk about how they were using them. Yeah, and being taught a game with you know there were like I don't know a ton of us there, and someone was like yelling across trying to teach us a game wearing a mask. Now you had a microphone on too, so that helped. But um, So that's one thing. I also think that we're still kind of in a pandemic world and people aren't, you know, don't want to go out and be around a bunch of people at a con. So you, you are right that cons are back, but they're not fully back yet, depending on where, where you're at and where you're going. Um, I am not on either side I'm saying when I go to a convention, I want to go to have fun and I want to have, you know, easy fun. And I think that everyone's in the same mindset and there are a bunch of reasons why you may still not want to be going to a convention. So if you missed out on Gen Con, you honestly didn't miss out on much. All of this stuff is coming to retail soon. There is nothing going on at Gen Con that you won't be able to do in the next couple of months. Uh, you won't be able to buy in the next couple of months. So don't feel bad if you're not able to go to these cons. This is why I'm doing an online con so we can just play games and have fun and not have to worry about anything else. Lugging a 21-pound box a mile <laughs> and a half um, uphill both ways. Um, so, yeah. So, so I'm looking forward to when Gen Con is back to its like 70,000 plus level, which is what it was the year before the pandemic hit. It was like they had to cut off badge sales at 70,000 people. By then you and have to win the VIG lottery again. That's true. And that actually has been nice. I mean, I haven't really had to worry about finding a room for the past couple of years. So maybe this is a good thing. Um, anyway, let's go out of here. I'm going to read Kitty's part. Sydney's going to read Fletcher's part. Fletcher, no, Fletcher, you're going to read Kitty's part because you've never read that part. <laughs> okay. Sydney's going to read your part, and I'm going to do my part at the end. So, and then we have some thank yous and shout outs after the credits. Tabletop Game Talk is a proud mem member of the Dice Tower Network. You can be part of our live recording Monday nights at 8.30 Central or join our Discord to talk to us all week long. Both links are in the show notes. You can also email us at feedback at tabletopgametalk.com. Hosting fees and giveaways are sponsored by our patrons. If you'd like to be one of these wonderful people, you can find out how by visiting the website tabletopgametalk.com or clicking the support us link or clicking the link in the show notes. All right, here we go. Finally, a huge thank you to our current patrons. Adam Harrison, Miles Clark, The Gift of Games, Sahara Wentworth, Jason Strong, John Lewis, Joe Hoover, Danita Hersey, Jim Conrad, Lightning Steve, Gary Bunker, Peter Fleming, Andrew Fayash, John Williams, Sir Sully, Matthew Droke, Jimothy, Paul Re Romer, Nicholas Lotz, Weatherman Keefe, Joe Punman, Leanne Verholst, Stephen Judd, Marina Stevens, Ben Gary, Sean Peck, Michael Yanikowski, Jeremy Fisher, Jason Marks, Christopher Dong, Terrence Miltner, Richard Yassi, Token Fan Forever, Michael Findlay, Stephen Falcon, David Radke, Brian Arnold, Courtney Falk, Ryan Ellett, Dan Seed, Darren McClellan, David Garner, Sto Tony Simpkins, Jesse Wheeler, Charles Pearson, Agnes Toth, Ron Nelson, Aaron Moore, Don Gilstrap, 
Glenn Cotter, Aaron Salander, Adrian Dong, Eric Huffman, Jason Rodney, Justin Willard, Jerry Huang, and Sean P. Kelly. And thank you to anyone who's ever been a patron. Your support means the world to us. Until next week, keep playing games and having fun. So, um, Sydney and I got a text message today from, um, I guess my sister-in-law, we'll say it that way, um, <laughs> that <laughs> okay. my nieces listen to How us. How you say it? Um, well, so I'm not technically- Blood-related. Part of the fa- blood-related, but I have been related for the last 25 years, so it's it's kind of hard to describe to, like, normies, like, eh, just trust normies. me, this is the family I picked. Um <laughs> But our nieces and my um, son's favorite cousins, and Becca's favorite cousins too, because you know she just doesn't realize it yet. Evie and Aiden listen to us, so I just want to say hi to Evie and Aiden. Who, hi. If they, I think, I think they're the kind of listener that listens past the credits. We'll wow. find out. Strong favoritism going on here. <laughs> Fletcher, do you have anyone to shout out? Do you have any family or friends that listen to our podcast? Uh, I don't think so. Yeah, we've determined that at the wedding. (laughs) 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 Bye.